The Pistons wrapped up their preseason on Friday. They got their home opener in just a few days. What were my biggest takeaways from the Pistons preseason? We'll talk about that in today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Pistons Podcast. I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. And if this is your first time listening to the Lockdown Pistons Podcast, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. Per usual, you can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. You can also follow the Lockdown Pistons Podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Pistons. You can find me over on YouTube at Lockdown Pistons, or you can also follow my personal YouTube at Coos Barroom. You can also find me over at Detroit Bad Boys, my articles about the Pistons. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the, my biggest takeaways from the Pistons preseason. Uh, it just wrapped up on Friday. We haven't had a podcast all weekend. Today's Monday. We're going to wrap it up, talk about my biggest takeaways. We'll talk a little bit later in the podcast about whether or not booing Andre Drummond in the Pistons' final preseason game. Should he be booed when he comes back to Detroit? I'll give my opinion on all that, and we'll talk about a few other things as well. Uh, some comments from Dwayne Casey uh, earlier on Sunday uh, that I paid more attention to than the Lions game because the Lions games are pretty tough to watch right now. They're pretty bad. Uh, I don't want to talk about them. Anyways, uh, let's talk about the preseason, talk about our biggest takeaways from the preseason. So uh, the Pistons, like I said, they wrapped up their preseason on Friday. Uh, they had a nice win over the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, obviously, the Philadelphia 76ers did not play their biggest guys. I don't even know if Ben Simmons is going to play for them. Uh, what what the whole idea is. I know he just finished his his protocol, whatever, but he didn't play, and neither Joel Embiid. That was the overall point. Um, so, but they did get a nice win. So that was a good way to wrap up the preseason. But what were my biggest takeaways from the preseason in totality? So I have two negatives, and I have one positive. So since it's Monday, it's the first podcast of the week. Uh, you know, let's start off with a positive. Start out making people feel a little bit happier before I get into some negatives. Uh, because I don't think there are that many positives, to be honest, from the preseason. But there's definitely one glaring one, and that is the play of Josh Jackson. Uh, Josh Jackson looked, I, I honestly want to say, incredible in the preseason um, for what he's going to be. Obviously, he wasn't out there, like, dropping 20 points a game, 30 points. Like, that, not that kind of incredible. But for what he was and, and what his role is going to be and what he did uh, in that role, I thought he was absolutely incredible. Um, we saw some things from him this preseason that suggest – He's taking major steps forward. I mean, we were told throughout training camp by Dwayne Casey, we've talked about this many times in the podcast, that we were told by Dwayne Casey that Josh Jackson had taken a major step forward in in maturity on the court, his decision-making, his progressing of reads, all that kind of stuff. And he was making better decisions with the ball in his hands. I talked about it before as well, that Josh Jackson last year and throughout his career had this, had this habit of, you know, I'm capable of making these tough finishes around the rim. So I'm just going to make a living out of doing that. And that's just, you're not going to be able to do that. It's not, it's not possible. That's why he's been so inefficient throughout his career. Uh, and that's why he struggled at times throughout his career. Because he he tried too often to do tough things that you just can't make a living on. You're just not going to do it. Unless you're like LeBron James or something, where tough finishes are just easy. Uh, so he was not going to be able to do that his whole career. And just, he needed to improve on that. And he did. So throughout this preseason, Josh Jackson averaged 12.8 points a game. He shot 45% from the field, 36% from deep. He averaged five rebounds a game. And this is the major one right here, okay? This is the one I want everyone to pay attention to. These two stats. He averaged 4.3 assists to just 1.3 turnovers a game. Now, this is only through four games, okay? It was a preseason. There's not, I don't know how much you can read into that, 
Okay. I've told you guys many a times that, you know, we don't want to look too much in the preseason because it is preseason. It's like glorified practices almost. However, it's hard not to see what he was doing in preseason and not be excited and, and happy for him and think that he's made a step forward. There were passes that he had made that were capable of being made in previous seasons in his career, especially last year that he just didn't make and were open. They were there. He had drawn the defensive attention, but he, like I said, he forced tough finishes and it was, it would hurt himself and the team in the preseason multiple times. He just plays. I feel like watching Josh in the preseason and you guys have to let me know in the reviews down below. If you listen to the Apple or in the comments down below, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you guys agree with this, but they're watching Josh Jackson throughout the preseason. It felt like he was playing at a different pace. It felt like he had matured and he was playing at a pace that was more, um, what's the word comfortable or calming. I honestly think calming is the best word because watching him play, he felt under control. He felt calm. He felt like he knew what he was going to do. Um, I saw him snake a few pick and rolls. I saw him get guys in in jail behind him. It's when, you know, you get the defender on your back and they can't really get around you. It's called getting them in jail. Um, He did that a few times, things I hadn't really seen him do before. Uh, He made the right reads in in the pick and roll. There were a few times that he got all the way to the basket in previous seasons. Like I said last year, he would try to finish there. Instead, he would drop it off to Isaiah Stewart. He would pretty good at dump off. And there's also a few times that he made a few nice kickouts as well. Uh, that's just somebody's offensive play. So if that translates to the regular season, that's a major plus for Josh Jackson, the Pistons. He can sustain that. If he can add that to a part of his game where he can keep his scoring ability like he did, but also tag on that, that maturity to it, that calmness to it, be able to make the right decisions when you have to. I've said this before. I said this last year about Josh Jackson. I full on believe it. I think he has six man of the year type of potential in him if he's able to take those kind of steps. I don't think he's a starter in the NBA anymore. I don't think he's going to be able to get that. But I think in his somewhere in his career, in his ceiling of his career, if you look into his future, I think you will see if he can keep that going, six-man-of-the-year type of vibes. And I think that would be a great career for him, especially for the Detroit Pistons if he stays here, which I think he's going to, which is something we'll get into later in the podcast, actually one of our negatives. Uh, but let's switch over from Josh Jackson. Actually, first, let me say as well about Josh, his defense has been – been great he's his rim protection as a as a wing is great he has like chase down artists on hall of fame he says he's he was incredible in the preseason he was the i think the biggest bright spot of the preseason if you're asking me uh that's one so let's switch over into the two negatives real quick okay so the the first negative i want to talk about is the starting lineup i think you have to be majorly concerned or i'm actually no let me not say majorly concerned decently concerned about the starting lineup how it's going to look in the beginning of the season for a couple of reasons. The main reason is that they just didn't get time together at all. They they played like one game together, and that was without Cade. The closest they got to their starting lineup was with Killian, Sadiq, Isaiah Stewart, and Jeremy Grant. And in that game, you lost Sadiq Bay at halftime, and then Killian Hayes got hurt later in the game. So they just have not had any time to do anything together. They have no experience with each other at all, really, outside of a few practices that might have gotten in at the beginning of training camp. We don't even know because we're not really get, we don't get to see practices. So we don't even know if they even got to run earlier in the practice, if that lineup was ever together early in practices. So we don't know if they've even had time together at all. So it, it's, it's, that's a negative for me that they weren't able to get their starting lineup together on the floor, even a little bit in preseason. Um, their starting lineup also struggled a lot of times. The, the starting lineups that they put out there not the one you'll see in the regular season, but just the one they put out there in preseason. They also struggled when they played. Um, it just it, it was it was a harsh it was a harsh preseason for the starters. It get, it made it hard to kind of look into the future to see what it's going to look like in the regular season. Um, that's why I mean in preseason usually I say like I like I've told you guys 
you can't take much away from preseason. You don't don't take too much this way, don't take too much that way. But really, for the Pistons, I think even more so this year, there's not you literally can't take anything away because you weren't even able to see the lineup that you need to see. You weren't able to see how guys are going to look together because all of them were hurt. Everyone kept getting hurt. You saw all kinds of different lineups thrown out there more than usual. So this preseason was really tough for the Pistons. I, usually, especially for a young team, you want to use the preseason as like a stepping stone or like a way to gel together and start getting some systems put out there, et cetera. Like get plays ran and like rehearse, basically. That's what it's supposed to be, a rehearsal. And the Pistons just weren't able to do that at all with their starting lineup. So I think that has to be a negative, not something that I, not something that Dwayne Casey could really, obviously he couldn't control nothing that the players could really control as well. I mean, they can't help the fact that they're getting injured, but definitely as in, if you're looking back on it, it's a negative that the Pistons didn't get to really see their starting lineup at all. And the starting lineup they did put out there just didn't look very good. It, the second unit appeared to be the strongest majority of the preseason. So, you know, we got positive with Josh Jackson. He looked great, but then also the starting lineup, it just, it lacked, it lacked and you didn't even get to see the real starting lineup. So it sucked. It sucked. Um, but when we come back, we'll talk about the last negative, and then we'll also talk about some of the things that Dwayne Casey talked about on Sunday. Uh, he gave us a little bit of insight. Uh, we have some news on Sadiq Bay and Killian Hayes. We got a little bit, I don't know if I want to say news, but insight on Kay Cunningham uh, and his possibility of playing Wednesday. Um, but we'll talk about that when we come back. But first, let me tell you about a few of our sponsors. First up, let me tell you a little bit about Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching the sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without all that hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite shows, movies, and sports all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of all that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more about this at directtv.com. Yes, that's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Then also, let me tell you a little bit about Price Picks. All right, NBA fanatics. Have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is the daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know that you will too. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. PricePix offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bunch players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. PricePix offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of your users that deposit and use your promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100. Just be sure to use promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and an over and under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Price picks allows mixed sports entries, such as you can bet on the NBA game, or you could bet, and then in the same breath, bet on an NFL game, such as you could take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, and it's just that easy. Price picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals as well, so don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com and use promo code NBA, or go to your App Store and download the app today. Price picks is daily fantasy made easy. So let's get back to talking about this last negative that I have from the Pistons season. Then we'll transition, transition, I'm sorry, into my voice cracked. I don't know if you guys heard that, but transition into Dwayne Casey, some of the comments that he made on Sunday about, you know, looking forward to Wednesday, some of the injuries that the Pistons have been dealing with. But my last negative, and honestly, 
I think that this might be my biggest negative from the Pistons preseason, uh, even more so than the starting lineup, because I think the starting lineup actually is a pretty big deal, uh, especially because, like I said in the last segment, that you just didn't get to see them. They're not going to get many reps together. So it definitely sucks. So that is a big negative. But I even have this over that, uh, and that is Hamadou Diallo. Um, if you listen to this podcast throughout the summer, if you followed me on Twitter, uh, by the way, make sure you guys go follow Lockdown Pistons on Twitter. You Make sure you guys go subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. We're having a lot of fun on there. Uh, make sure you also follow me at Kuka Hill. And by the way, I don't know. I forgot to tell you guys this at the beginning. Uh, but if you start leaving a review down below on Apple Podcasts, if you listen to Apple Podcasts, start leaving a five-star review. If you want to ask a question, you want me to play like a little mini game at the end of the podcast, you want to have like a comment shouted out at the end of the podcast, I'll do all those things at the end of the podcast. Each each episode, each time I see a new five-star review, make sure you go down there, you write that in, and you can hear yourself at the end of the podcast. As long as you guys don't get out of pocket about it, don't get don't get crazy, don't be weird, don't be don't be a weird guys. Come on, this is this is have fun. So make sure you guys go down there and do that. But back to Hamadou Diallo, Hamadou Diallo just really disappointed. If you guys, like I said, if you guys followed me at all this summer on Twitter, anything, you guys know that Hamadou Diallo was a player that I was I was decently high on. Um, I, I thought that he would have a good season. Uh, you guys even heard me say that I could see a future in like next year or a year or two years from now where Hamadou Diallo is better than Sadiq Bey because I thought that's how high his ceiling was and how impressed I was from what I saw from him, not just with the Pistons last year, but also OKC. I thought he was making a, a big step in his development, and I was really I was really hyper to see what he played this year, how he played this year, I should say, for the Pistons. Um, and heading into the preseason, we all knew. I mean, I suggested out there, I threw out there like the lineup of the, as the backups, Corey Joseph, with Frank, Josh, and Hamadou Diallo is just a two, three, and four with Kelly Olenek as the five. Now, that would be unorthodox a little bit, but I thought maybe they could try to do it, try to make it work if they really want to get those three guys, you know, if they really want to get those three guys playing time instead of Trey Lyles. However, Dwayne Casey came out on Sunday and said that Trey Lyles has done nothing in the preseason to lose any of the minutes, and he's absolutely earned his minutes for the upcoming to be in the rotation this upcoming, uh, at least on Wednesday. I mean, he could lose his minutes throughout the season, obviously, but at least to start off, it sounds like that he's going to be in the rotation. So that means only two of Hamadou Diallo, Frank Jackson, and Josh Jackson could be in the rotation to start the season. And if you would have asked me who was going to be the one that sat out before preseason happened, it would have been either Frank or Josh for me. Because I thought Hamadou Diallo was the big, like the Pistons' big re-signee. I thought he was a bigger deal to get back than Frank Jackson. I think their contracts kind of resembled that as well. Um, and I also thought that they really needed Frank Jackson shooting. So I thought that if it was, if it was one player that possibly was going to sit out, I probably was going to pick Josh. I thought Josh Jackson was probably going to get traded in the offseason because I thought the log jam just didn't make much sense there. I didn't know – I didn't think one of them would have to sit. Uh, I don't think – I didn't think they want one of them to sit anyways. Uh, so I thought that Josh actually might get uh, traded in the offseason. But now you fast forward to right before the regular season starts, two days before the regular season – and we're looking at very likely, and I'm going to – I would bet hard money on Hamadou Diallo being the one out to rotation. And I don't think anybody saw that heading into preseason. And that says more about his play than anything. Um, I, I was really disappointed in what we saw from Hamadou. I, I really were. I, I mean, like, I thought that he was going to be really good. I thought he was going to take a major uh, – not a major step, but at least a step forward. And also, like I said – it's preseason. You can't look too much into anything, bads or goods. But 
you can't say that you're not disappointed by what you saw by Hamadou Diallo in preseason. The coaching staff 100% was, and he lost himself, I think, a spot in the rotation, obviously. I think I think it's quite obvious that they're going to go with Frank and Josh. I could be wrong, but like I said, I would bet hard money that they're going to they're gonna go with those two guys over Hamadou Diallo. So let's, let's look at what Hamadou Diallo did in the preseason. So in the first game, he shot four of seven from the field. He had nine points. But if you watch that game, the, the, the thing is, if you watch these games, the boss score is not going to tell the story for at least the first two games. It's going to look like he had a good game, but he really did not. Um, against the Spurs, he they kind of flashed a little bit the ability to have Frank, uh, not Frank, uh, Hamadou Diallo and Josh on the floor at the same time. Now that they had Kelly Olynyk as the stretch big, they flashed that a little bit. Josh and Hammy had a good little stretch of, 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 of good play where they were running the wings, speeding up the play, and it looked pretty good. I'm not going to lie. But Hamdou Diallo's own play, he looks he, he he started to flash the fact that his jumper just is non-existent. He didn't make a single three all preseason. Um, outside of five feet, even his pull-up jumpers look really bad. And on defense, honestly, is where he looks the most most disappointing to me, to be honest, because he has the ability. He makes these plays every now and then where it's like, okay, yeah, you can see why he has this this high ceiling as like a a defensive like a two-way player. You can see it. But then the, he'll make this one play. And then the rest of the time for like the next five minutes, he's just constantly either, either overreacting to something, just non-existent on something, misses a read or lets a guy backdoor him. He just, he's too inconsistent on the defensive end. And then also the fact that he wasn't able to hit a single outside shot throughout the entire preseason didn't help him either. Um, the next game against Memphis, you guys remember the Memphis game, they got absolutely destroyed. Uh, he ended up scoring 13 points, but that was all at the end of the game. It didn't really matter. I feel like, um, again, he just, he didn't look very good at all in that game. Um, the next game as the New York Knicks, he shot one of three from the field. Um, he did get to the free throw line six times. Uh, and then he wrapped up the preseason with six points again uh, against the Philadelphia 76ers going three of six, missed his only three-pointer again. And in these four games, he went. He was minus one in the court against the Spurs, minus 22 against the Memphis Grizzlies, a minus nine against the Knicks, and a minus 20 against the, the Philadelphia 76ers. So the team was just bad with him on the floor. He didn't perform very well. He wasn't able to hit any shots outside the paint. And he just – I've said this a few times in the pockets within the last week. I will give him this, that it looks like that they are playing him in a different role somewhat, kind of a different role. Uh, they don't have the ball in his hands as much, and they're asking him to play a little bit a little bit more off ball and try to, like, you know, play as a cutter more, majority of the time. Actually, I wouldn't say majority, but a lot more than last year. He, he doesn't have the ball as much as he did when he first came to Detroit last year. Um, but – even still, that doesn't explain like his his he still needs to make progress on defense. Uh, he's not making the defensive plays that Josh is nowhere near that. And he's not bringing the shooting ability and scoring ability that Frank is. So it's like, we're, why are we picking you over these guys? What are you bringing to to pick over these guys right now heading into the regular season? And I just don't see that right now. So I think Hamdou Diallo definitely was a major negative or not met negative. I, let me not call a player a negative because that kind of is disrespectful. I, I, a disappointment, I guess I should say. Uh, he let us down a little bit. I think he let the coaching staff down a little bit heading into the season. I do expect that at some point he's going to work his way back in the rotation somehow, or at least get a shot to be in the rotation at some point during the season. But definitely to begin the season, it wasn't what you wanted to see from Hamadou Diallo. It definitely was not what I thought we were going to see from Hamadou Diallo. And it, it definitely 100% was was disappointing to see. And I think that he, even 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 more than the starting lineup, I think seeing Hamadou Diallo not not live up to some of the expectations people had for him in the preseason uh, was a bit disappointing because that costs him probably his rotational spot. He may be sitting on the bench to start the year. He may not get any minutes. 
So I think that's a pretty big deal. But anyways, we talked about that for a little bit. So when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the comments that Dwayne Casey had about the Pistons. Young players gave us a little bit of insight into some injuries. We'll talk about that. Then also, should the Pistons fans be booing Andre Drummond? He got booed when they played the Philadelphia 76ers on Friday. I'm going to give my thoughts on it. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen some of my thoughts on Twitter if you follow me on there. But I'm going to give my podcast, uh, give my thoughts on the podcast, and then you guys will have to let me know what you guys think about it as well. But first, let me tell you a little bit about your guys' favorite sponsor, Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar on the planet Earth comes with a variety of flavors, including six new flavors, and caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They also have all kinds of flavors as well, other flavors, such as coconut, you got raspberry, you got mint brownie, you got double chocolate salted caramel, you got strawberry, you got orange, you got German chocolate, you got all kinds of flavors. And also, they're even getting ready for the Halloween season. I mean, look at this. I got this today. This is Paranormal Pumpkin. That's a pretty cool name. Uh, I'm going to try this one today. They got all kinds of flavors. They're really, they keep updated with, with the seasons. I, I respect it. Bill Farr is about that. Uh, all these co- all these flavors are covered in incredible tasting chocolate and are soft and easy on the teeth to chew. These bars are low in calorie and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. A flavor I suggest is the peanut butter flavor, packed with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So go try the Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. So let's talk a little bit about what uh, Dwayne Casey told the press today, or not the press, why did I call it the press? I mean, I guess technically you could call it the press, but the media today. So the main thing I think that everyone's going to take away, the main thing everyone wants to hear about uh, is Kate Cunningham, obviously. Everyone everyone wants to know where, what's going on with Kate. Is Kate playing Wednesday? Uh, should I even go to the opening night? Uh, because Kate, is he going to be be there or not? I know a lot of people are judging whether they want to be at the opening night because of that. Uh, and I, I may or may not be one of those people. I'm not going to reveal that to you guys, but let's just say I'm, I'm not going to give a definitive answer on which, which side I'm on with that. Let's just say I hope Kate plays. Uh, but anyways, uh, Dwayne Casey gave us a little bit of insight. Whether you want to read into it or not, uh, that, that's for your guys' own choice. However, let me give you the quote. So Dwayne Casey said he's on course to return Wednesday. Uh, one thing we're not going to do is rush him back, however. So this is my read on it. I've said to you guys for a while now that I believe that this is not a big injury. It's not a serious injury and that he would play the opening night. Beat writers have also said that they don't think it's that big of a deal. He's been shooting around after he looks fine afterwards. They're just being cautious. So they've they've said that they're not worried about it either. I think everyone, uh, at least from my uh, from my understanding, from my knowledge, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of an injury. He's going to be he's he's fine uh, to my knowledge. So the fact that Dwayne Casey said that he's on course to return Wednesday, I feel like that goes along with everything that we understood, everything that I was under the understanding of, and everything that's been put out to to fans from the media and from Dwayne Casey himself ever since Kate first sustained the injury that, you know, they're being cautious. They're probably going to sit him out of these preseason games. I know I thought we would see him at least one preseason game, but they were even more cautious than that. But even still, they had always reiterated the message that, you know, we're just being cautious. We're going to make sure he's 100%. And that was the, the message that we always got. And I feel like the first half of this quote, shows that like yeah we're being cautious with it but he's on course to return Wednesday which I think a lot of us were under the understanding of like I said um he also said one thing we're not going to do is rush him back so I know there's been some people who have said that you know he didn't have to say at least my reading on it is that he didn't have to say the first part 
He didn't have to say that uh, that Kate Cunningham was on course to return Wednesday. He, he didn't have to say that. So the fact that he went out of his way to say that, I think lets us all know that everything that we've been thinking, that they're being cautious during the preseason, that he'll eventually play in the home opener, is probably going to happen. I think he's probably going to play. Because uh, Dwayne Casey did not have to say that he was on course. He could just continue to say the second half of this quote, which is what he's been saying to us for a while now, is that we're not going to rush him back. We're going to wait till he's 100%. We're going to be cautious with this. We're not going to make him play when he's hurt, blah, blah, blah. He's been giving us that ever since this injury was sustained, and he could have kept giving us that now. He didn't have to come out and say he's on course to play. So the fact that he did makes me think that we're probably going to see Kate Cunningham on Wednesday. So that's my read on that quote. You guys can take it however you guys want it. If you guys want to read into it, you guys don't want to read into it, whatever. But my read and my understanding on this is that I believe that Kay Cunningham is probably going to play Wednesday. And I feel like that's been the read and the understanding of people around the Pistons since the injury was first sustained. I don't think it was ever viewed as anything serious. Um, but Dwayne Casey also went on to say that he wishes he had a crystal ball to say that they would all be 100% by Wednesday. Uh, again, that's just – I'm not reading too much in that either. I, I feel like that he's just – you know, he's not, he doesn't want to give a guarantee and then be wrong, basically, what it is. He doesn't want to go out there and just for sure nail something down and then something happens at the last minute because then now he looks like he was lying. So he's going to leave that door open, but definitely the, everything else that is going on and what has been said, again, it sounds like that K is going to play on Wednesday. Uh, we got some other news with Killian Hayes and Sadiq Bey. Um, Killian Hayes was a full participant in practice, so he's probably going to go. Uh, I, I, he seems fine. Obviously, he was able to be a full participant in practice. Um, he would need at least three practices from when he last sustained the concussion to be able to play in the opener. Uh, he was doubtful for the last preseason game, so I'm sure he's already got these preseason games in, or not preseason games in, uh, practices in. Uh, he had a week to do it from uh, when he sustained the injury and were three days away, so I, I'm, I think he's going to be fine. He obviously, like I said, he put, he was a full participant in practice. Sadiq Bey was a partial p- participant. Um, he was dealing with a sprained ankle. If you guys remember in the game that Keeling did play, he did not play in the second half. Um, the fact that he was a partially participant in the practice today or on Sunday, again, I, my read is, is that Keeling, Sadiq, and Cade will all play on Wednesday. Uh, barring some last-minute change, I think they're all going to be okay, um, and they're all going to play. I, I think you can guarantee that Keeling's going to play. He was a full participant. Uh, the fact that Sadiq was able to practice somewhat with three days to go to opening night, I think that – says good things about him. And then the fact that Dwayne Casey said himself, he didn't have to say it again, like I've said, but the fact that he said that Cade is on track to play Wednesday, I think that gives good news and makes and there's reason to believe that Killian, Sadiq, and Cade will all be participating on Wednesday against the Chicago Bulls and the Pistons home opener. Uh, so let me know what you guys think. Do you guys think they're all going to play? Uh, I think they are. So uh, let me know if you guys disagree with me in the comments below and the reviews down below, wherever you guys listen to this. Um, but then I'm going to end the podcast with Andre Drummond and him getting booed on Friday. So I purposely waited to make this last topic on the podcast because I know that he's a part of the Pistons past and not a lot of people care about it. You shouldn't care about it because he's not really a Piston anymore. And, and, and that, that's fair. But I have to get my thoughts on it because I was so vehemently against what the Pistons fans did on Friday. And you guys know, if you guys have been listening to the podcast, one of the things I've always said to you guys, I've said ever since I took over this podcast, that I'm never going to tell people how to fan. I've defended you guys before when, you know, it felt like some people were coming at you guys for a feeling type of way. Uh, I'll never tell fans how to fan, except this one instance. Because I think this was absolutely, this was unacceptable what they did to Andre Drummond. I don't care that it was a preseason game. I saw some people saying, oh, it's just a preseason game. The fact he was taking this so serious uh, shows why we're booing him. No, 
booing in the preseason is not like performances in the preseason. There's not like that. You're not judging how good a boo is in the preseason. It's not like a boo can get better in the regular season or all of a sudden it has more emphasis. And that's not, it's not the same as like a performances in preseason where things can change. That's not how it works. Um, so either way, you're booing them and it has the same effect in the preseason or the regular season. It doesn't change. It's not like players. It's, it's not the same. Uh, but anyways, Andre Drummond should never get booed by Pistons fans. You can argue about how good he actually was for the Pistons. You can argue about what he actually achieved as a Piston. You can argue about how good his era was and how what, how you should remember his era. You should you should you should you can argue all those things. But what you cannot argue about Andre Drummond, and this is something I've said for the longest time, and something Andre Drummond has said for the longest time, and people close to him, anyone who watched Andre Drummond since he was drafted by the Pistons, this guy was someone who was a kid when the Pistons drafted him. He grew up here. He, he's the first star in, in, in my childhood, or quote-unquote star, when he was with the Pistons. I mean, he was an all-NBA player, so he was a star at one point. Um, he was the first star in my childhood that I watched. Now, obviously, I'm 23, so I didn't get to witness the entire going to work era and remember much of it. But from where I remember and what I was able to experience, he's the first star ever in Detroit sports that not only uh, accepted the city, loved the city, embodied the city, but accepted its culture and made it its, his home. He was he represented Detroit great. He talked nothing but great things about Detroit. He absolutely loved the city itself. He represented the city. He accepted its culture. He took on the culture. So when you boo somebody, you're booing the enemy. You're booing someone that is is you want to talk about someone you should boo, honestly. Like I wouldn't blame if fans did this every time. Trey Lyles. You guys remember what Trey Lyles said about Pistons and, and Detroit? a few years ago, but yet he's going to get cheered every night because now he's on the Pistons. He actually said bad things about Detroit. He came at the city of Detroit. All Andre Drummond ever did was give his all every single night, be be one of the most durable players for the Pistons over the last decade, and make an all-NBA team and a few all-star games and take them to the playoffs when they haven't made the playoffs since the days of Chauncey Billups. Now, again, you can argue about how successful that actually was. How good was he actually? You can argue all those things. But what you cannot argue ever is that he – he didn't put on for the city. He respected the city. He loved the city. He he embodied the city. And the fact that he didn't he didn't he never wanted to leave either. Even after some fans turned on him, a lot of fans maybe turned on him. He didn't want to leave Detroit. He loved Detroit. He, he when they got traded, he was furious. You guys remember what he said on Twitter? He didn't want to leave. He said he was sorry. He didn't want to leave. So he never even wanted to leave the city. That people that you boo are people who didn't want to be here. People who turned their back on the city. People who turned their back on the team. People who didn't, again, didn't want to be here and disrespected the the, the logo on the jersey. People, That's the kind of people you boo when they leave. Andre Drummond did none of those things. So, again, you can argue about how good he was, about how much of a contributing factor he was to winning. You can do all those things about him as a player. But he didn't do anything to ever warrant a boo from Pistons fans. He respected the hell out of this city. He put on for this city. He, was, he, he embodied the city's culture. And – the dude still talks great things about Detroit, right? It's, to this day, he still talks great things about Detroit, how much he loves the city. That's not a guy you boo. And the fact that you guys, the Pistons fans, did boo him, a guy who dedicated that long to the Pistons organization, someone who got let down by the Pistons organization multiple times with different coaching staffers, different GMs, different players around. He was forced to play with Greg Monroe and Josh Smith in the starting lineup. Like, the fact that you guys booed that guy, a guy who never complained about the city, a guy who didn't complain about being a Piston, a guy who wanted to remain a piston his whole career, that guy getting booed, it's it's stupid. I'll, I'll, I won't I won't accept that. Like I won't I won't ever defend that, and I won't I won't ever be cool with that. Like I'm just 
I'm, I'm never going to do that. I'm just not, it's not going to happen. So um, let me know what you guys thought. If, if you guys, if you guys were some of the people that booed Andre Drummond, let me know why down below. Cause I don't get it. And if you guys do agree with me, let me know in the comment section below as well. So um, that's all I've got for you guys today. I don't agree with booing Andre Drummond. I actually think it's, I, I was actually pretty mad about it because Andre Drummond was one of the players for me growing up. Uh, again, I grew up without Piston success. I didn't grow up on multiple championships. I didn't grow up on eight straight or however long Eastern Conference Finals or six straight Eastern Conference Finals appearance. I, that's not what I grew up on. I grew up on the Pistons sucking. And the one glimmer of hope and the one bright spot the Pistons had when I grew up was Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond was the only good thing that happened to the Pistons ever. He was the one draft pick they actually hit on, the one guy that actually made all-star teams, all-NBA teams. So the fact that that dude, the same one who put on for the city got booed, I, I didn't I didn't like that at all. Um, but anyways, that's all I've got for you guys today on today's podcast. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section down below or in the reviews down below if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Make sure you guys go check out Lockdown Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd as the host right before the NBA season gets started. If you're interested in playing fantasy basketball, go get a little bit of some tips and some insight from him. I promise you, will give you guys a head start over your friends an upcoming fantasy basketball season. But until the next podcast, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace out, everybody. Have a great day and go Pistons.